Well, hello there. It's good to see you again and welcome back to another installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. As you know, we've got the star of the show, Mr. Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office. He'll be joining us momentarily. Uh, but look, first and foremost, we want to give you kind of a lay of the land as to what you can expect in today's conversation. Now, as you know, Mark and I, we tackle a different wealth management related topic on this show each time we get together. But today, we're going to kind of zoom out. You know, we're going to kind of start from the beginning, if you will, uh, you know, really encompass this idea of what is wealth planning really? You know, let's give that high level overview on why it's beneficial even in the first place. And then maybe we can wiggle our way down into some of the strategies that Mark implements on a regular basis with his clients. But hey, excited to bring Mark out, get this conversation rolling. Let's go ahead and do that. Mark, how are you doing today? Good to see you. I'm doing great, Ryan. How about yourself? Hey, I cannot complain at all. It's a sunny day here as we were recording and uh, looking forward to getting into this conversation. You know, Mark, we've been in the weeds, you know, talking about specific strategies for a lot, you know, in our past episodes, but I feel like we would be doing our, our audience a little bit of a service here by zooming out and really talking about this idea of what really is wealth planning. So to start our conversation, I, I think we should focus on this idea that one big mistake that can sometimes be pretty easy to miss is, is by over-focusing on one aspect of someone's financial life. And in doing so, we can miss opportunities as well as take some unnecessary levels of risk on by just hyper-focusing on one thing like maybe investments. So Mark, let's start today. Let me throw you this question in this idea of wealth planning. It's one of those terms, obviously, that anybody in our audience has heard a lot about, but we don't necessarily understand the full definition of what that means. How would you, Mark, how would you define what wealth planning is and what it does? Absolutely, Ryan. You know, you're right. The, the term wealth planning could be kind of nebulous for some people, right? But wealth planning is really all about examining not only your investments, you know, but your entire financial picture, you know, and that includes things like your goals, your desires. And, and if you think about it, really all the advanced needs that don't pop up each and every day, but are so critical, you know, for the long-term uh, viability and long-term financial health of your family. Okay. These, these things include things like wealth protection, tax mitigation, wealth transfer. And a lot of people refer to that as uh, as estate planning. Okay. And also charitable giving, you know, when you're armed with a full view of your financial situation, you know, it's at that point in time, you can really set out on the journey and consider and examine a whole wide variety of different financial and legal strategies that can drive what I like to refer to as true and meaningful value to the bottom line for you and your loved ones. I love that, Mark. And, and Mark, staying with this high you know, overview approach here on wealth planning, is there maybe one critical tool or technique even that you find is pretty common across wealth planning efforts these days? Well, you know, any strategies or solutions that are used, you know, they should always reflect your, your individual and your particular situation. So that said, the core of wealth planning includes some legal strategies and financial products that are generally appropriate for, you know, most for most families. And in that category, let's take trust, for example. So for many, and, and, and in many ways, trusts are the, you know, they're really the cornerstone of many successful individuals and families long term planning, their, their total wealth planning. And a trust is simply a means of transferring property by using a third party, in this case, the trust. And specifically what the trust lets you do is it lets you transfer title of your assets to 
trustees who manage that trust for the benefit of the people that you really want to take care of, in most cases, your family. And, uh, you know, trust can be extremely flexible planning tools. You know, you can use them in all sorts of different ways uh, to transfer wealth and to determine how the assets in the trust are going to be used uh, once they're in that trust. Trust also can prove to be very effective uh, tools in shielding your assets from those who would look to separate you from your assets, you know, things such as plaintiffs and creditors, and depending on the kind of trust you're using, uh, there could be a variety of tax benefits associated in addition to that. So for example, a trust might be able to allow you to sell property in that trust without paying capital gains taxes on the increases or the profits that are embedded in those trusts by selling those assets inside the trust. Uh, you know, I like exploring this idea of trust as kind of our key example here, Mark. So let's let's stay in this vein for our audience. And most of our audience has probably heard the word trust thrown around here and there. Maybe they know a little bit more about it, but let's let's get into, I would imagine there are different types of trust. So could you maybe give me a broad overview on some of the main types of trusts that you might expect to see out there? Oh, you're right. There are a variety of different trusts <clears throat> and these trusts individually, they can perform different functions. But but broadly speaking, general and generally speaking, uh, we look at trusts as of two different types, basically. You know, uh, there's a living trust, and those are the type that are established while you're alive. And then there are what are called testamentary trusts, and those are created by your will after you've passed. Uh, additionally, these trusts have two basic fundamental structures, let's call them, and, and one is an irrevocable structure. So these are referred to as irrevocable trust, and they allow you to maintain full control of all the assets you put inside that trust and allow you to add money to the trust or withdraw money from the trust. Now, in addition to that, you can change the terms of the trust. You can do all this while you're alive. Then there's the exact opposite of that. There's an irrevocable trust. Uh, and this is where changes can typically are typically not made to the trust. Typically, there's not flexibility where an irrevocable trust, but it has benefits that can prove you know, extremely advantageous to the family. So to obtain uh, tax savings that can accompany these type of trusts, you have to set them up and give up control of the trust while you're alive. So when you transfer assets into an irrevocable trust, those assets are essentially outside of your estate at that time. So when you place assets into an irrevocable trust, in essence, they are outside of your taxable estate. That brings with it some great benefits, right? So that means that you no longer own them. The trust does. That also means those taxes shouldn't be taxed in your estate. I love that. So, so the trust being really this, this key tool in the toolkit when it comes to wealth planning. Let's pivot a little bit here, Mark. Let's talk maybe about another one. Uh, is there another tool or strategy that comes to mind that is, you know, a typical component of wealth planning these days? Sure, Ryan. You know, we've spoken about one of these tools at length in the past, and you know, we've talked about how effective a tool life insurance can be. And remember, it's a tool, okay? And it can be effective for a variety of different reasons. And let's face it, death and taxes are certainties for everybody. None of us are going to escape death. So the very wealthy, for, you know, for instance, if we can use them, you know, they can face hefty taxes on their estates when they pass away. And so one of the wealth planning areas that's captured the interest of the affluent is the use of life insurance policies to help pay the estate taxes. And while life insurance can cover, you know, all of the estate tax liabilities, this doesn't mean that the estate taxes won't still need to be paid, 
right? We simply used, in often cases, the death benefit from life insurance policies to pay the taxes. Now, there were other options that you can consider when those taxes are due, such as extensions and loans to pay the estate taxes, and they can be useful under certain circumstances. But uh, these approaches can also have problems associated, so they can be problematic, you know, especially if the situation involves extensive family businesses and significant non-liquid assets. So for most, life insurance is real, really a significant component of an overall approach to paying these estate taxes when they come due. And by using life insurance in estate planning, you know, the family can more effectively orchestrate the transfer of assets uh, and better protect the family's wealth. Uh, and then of course, you know, guarantee that legacy for future generations. And they can do all of that, hold on to your seat, Ryan, at a fraction of the cost of paying those state of taxes outright. So, so that said, life insurance can really be uh, complicated under certain circumstances and can have a few moving parts. Uh, however, uh, oh, and by the way, those few moving parts can lead to mistakes that can be costly. So it's really important to make sure you're using an elite wealth advisors when you're considering trust and life insurance in combination. Uh, but some people, you know, some people have more life insurance than is necessary. And, you know, others, you know, they don't have their life insurance integrated properly or, or well enough into their estate plan. And so you really need to be careful here. You really make, you need to make sure that you own the right type, you own it in the right manner, you pay for it the right way. It's, uh, and, and the owners and the beneficiaries of those life insurance policies are very carefully coordinated. Right. So, so trusts there, life insurance are some great toolkits that are in that wealth planning toolkit. Obviously, Mark, what you had just mentioned, it really comes down to also working with an elite wealth manager, which I know we've spoken at great lengths about in prior episodes, but let's zoom, let's, you know, stay with this, this kind of wide angle lens, if we will, on the, on the wealth planning side of things. Let's, let's talk about the business owners here, Mark, you know, how might wealth planning efforts as a whole help a business owner or maybe even families that are in business together? How, where, where does wealth planning come into the, the, you know, the picture for them? Well, you know, <clears throat> Ryan, in the process of evaluating uh, a, a business owner or affluent families, uh, current structure or current uh, planning and tax structure, you know, we often look at tax efficient partnership structures. Okay, they can often be a key component in wealth planning strategies. And just like with trust, you know, there are various types of partnerships, and, and they can determine how the partners address ownership issues, they can have various uh, varying tax benefits, uh, and, and also some complications. Then I can only give you an example within the business world. Uh, we have found that disharmony among family members and, and oftentimes unrelated business partners, you know, can mean a higher tax bill if the owners are forced to, to divide assets uh, among the partnership's members. Uh, and typically that happens, you know, not only when one person or one of the owners is looking to extract their, their equity from the business, but also at death. So, you know, through the use of, of certain partnership structures, business owners can divide their company's assets in ways that can reduce and in many cases eliminate taxes. We, we see it happen all the time. It's, it's, it's so possible by just using the appropriate ownership structures and partnerships are one of those ownership structures that you can, you can uh, eliminate or, or at the very least reduce taxes. Uh, Mark, I, I love this. I mean, there's so many avenues where wealth planning as a whole comes into play for each and every one of us, regardless of our situations. And Mark, you, you know, we talk about working with this elite level 
wealth manager, right? Of course, they've got the high level financial acumen. You want them to be the, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to their knowledge on the, you know, these various aspects. But Mark, in your eyes, what, if anything, should, you know, the average Joe be looking out for when it comes to wealth planning that goes maybe beyond just that technical expertise? Effective wealth planning isn't just about the wealth manager's technical expertise, right? That's because, you know, any wealth manager that you enlist for help or guidance is probably going to, uh, is probably going to have good expertise, I'm sure. Whether or not they're an elite wealth manager is, is another question. But, you know, these wealth managers need to, you know, they have to adhere to several different ideals, okay? And, and all of these elements work together, and they are prerequisites in any wealth planning situation. And I'm going to say there are, there are, there are several. Let, let me go. Let, let's go down a couple of them. Uh, let's see. Wealth planning should be flexible. It should, it should provide for discretion in all of the planning elements. Uh, it should be transparent. There should be cohesiveness amongst all the different elements of the overall wealth plan. They should all speak together and work in concert. They should always take into account the risk sensitivity of the owners, the family members, right? And, and at the end of the day, it really should be cost effective. And by that, I mean, you know, it shouldn't cost more than what it's creating in savings. I love these, Mark. So I, I've got them written down here in front of me, these seven ideals, if you will, that you just rattled off. I'd love to kind of unpack each one of these because there's a lot, I think, that goes into this beyond, of course, that technical expertise that we just mentioned. So let's let's unpack these first three. So uh, first three being, I you mentioned flexibility, discretion, transparency. Talk to me a little bit more about these. Let's, let's get into the weeds of them. Okay, yeah. Well, let's start with, with flexibility. You know, effective wealth planning really is the ability to change and adapt to your revolving circumstances, all right? And, and your world is going to change. Everyone's personal life uh, evolves. And so it should be, your planning should be flexible enough to, to be changed and, and to be adapted to your, to re, your evolving life. Okay. And, and shifts and also in shifts in a financial and legal environments, uh, successful elite wealth planners. Okay. And I'm underscoring successful elite wealth planners. Uh, they are flexible. They create accommodating and well-informed plans, okay? And these plans are capable of, of quickly adapting and the planner is, is capable of quickly identifying and analyzing their range of anticipated scenarios. So, uh, you know, flexibility is paramount. And then, so let's move into that next one, discretion, Mark. Walk me through, you know, this, this higher degree of discretion and how that comes into play here. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So let's say that's an obvious requirement Okay, for all professionals. Okay, but it's especially so as it relates to wealth planning because discretion regarding specific legal strategies or financial products really is going to help to avoid the family having unwanted attention and unnecessary levels of questions coming from outside the family. Sure. And then the third one I, I see is transparency. Talk to me about this because I feel like, you know, we've hit hard really on the fact of open communication and transparency and how paramount that is in that relationship with your wealth manager. Talk to me about transparency. Yeah, transparency. Let, let's face it. Uh, it's important for each solution to be as transparent as possible. Okay. And, and those solutions have to be open to scrutiny by the appropriate authorities too, under the right circumstances. So moreover, I like to think that 
operational transparency becomes absolutely necessary. Okay, you the client, you should know and understand everything that's being conducted on your behalf, everything that's being created on your behalf, you should have a, a, a clear and thorough understanding of. Sure. Transparency. I mean, that's a necessity really when it comes down to wealth planning, Mark, let's shift into the back end of that list. Really. Uh, I think cohesiveness was next on our list. Take me through cohesiveness. Uh, it's crucial, right? As I, as I indicated before, everything should talk to each other and all the different elements of your plan should work together because, you know, while legal strategies and financial products uh, of the wealth planning, you know, we can employ them on a standalone basis, okay? There's a certain degree of integration and coordination that has to exist. So all the different wealth planning elements will work together. Okay, this also helps to ensure the fact that, well, let's face it, goals and objectives remain in focus at all times because it's our job to serve you, the client. So, and this then enables that the various legal strategies and financial products are gonna work in concert with each other for the optimal outcomes that you, the client desires. Sure. So Mark, I, I like these, I mean, these top five, really, they all, they make sense, right? They, I think we probably could have handpicked them, you know, at least from the audience probably could have picked those traits out for with any wealth manager that they would love to work with. But these last two that you mentioned earlier, I love, and I really want to get into them here. Talk to me about this idea of risk sensitivity and where that comes into play in your relationship with your wealth manager. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, you know, all we have to do is look around today with our ever-changing world, our ever-changing environment, not just the financial, but the political, the economics, uh, everything is constantly changing. So we are constantly uh, re-evaluating our clients' risk exposure in all different areas. So sure, risk sensitivity is extremely important because, you know, the spectrum of wealth planning solution ranges from just the plain vanilla solutions, sometimes to the truly, truly exotic stuff. So without stepping over any legal boundaries, there still has to be room, you know, to be creative. You know, we have to stay within the limits and confines of the law, but we have to be creative so that we can design those optimal plans for our clients. So it's it's critical, you know, therefore that you know you, we look and and we and that you trust your advisors to, to understand the level of aggressiveness that's associated with each particular solution, and then consider each one of those individual elements in the context of, you know, you of, of, of us designing the right plan and, and in coordination with your capacity and your willingness to accept risk. <clears throat> sure, sure. So at the end of the day, of course, you want a, a thorough and effective plan, but you, the client, you got to be comfortable with the plan at the end of the day. So that level of risk you know, really comes into, into play with this, this conversation with your wealth manager. And Mark, finally, this idea of being cost-effective, cost-effectiveness, how does this come into play with wealth management? Well, yeah, so I, I kind of touched on this earlier. You know, there are times when I've seen clients come to us for, or for a second opinion or this all-important stress test, and we've seen situations where the solutions were more costly than, than the problems were to start with. So, you know, there were times when the possible, you know, solutions uh, have much greater cost than the benefits. And, and, and that's, we try to avoid all of those situations. We want to make sure that the benefits far outweigh the cost of the solutions. Okay. And that's when sometimes maybe a more mainstream solution is what the client needs. So, you know, an effective wealth planner is really going to weigh all the different benefits of a recommended course of action against what the financial and psychological costs are. And I, I hit on something here. I want to I make a point. You know, 
I'm often fond of saying to our clients, look, we can design the most high-tech, high-speed, low-drag plan there is. But if it causes you to lose sleep at night, then it's not the right plan for you. If you can't live with the plan that we design, what good is it? So we try to match the plan, not only to our client's risk tolerance, but to their propensity to, to uh, be able to live with those solutions and not have them keep, it, keep them up at night. Yeah. I mean, so important, obviously when you're working with a, a true wealth manager an elite wealth manager, there's a level of trust there as we just, you know, walk through with all those different variables that go beyond the financial acumen. But at the end of the day, yes, client needs to be happy, needs to be feeling good about their decisions that they're making with their wealth. And obviously a, a positive relationship with the wealth manager is really at the core foundation of, of all of this, Mark. So Mark, I appreciate you, you know, carving out some time out of your day to walk us through, give us that high level overview on really just what is wealth planning in the first place. Because while yes, we spent some time talking about different strategies and things that you're implementing with your team at Echelon Family Office, it's nice to zoom out and, and, you know, give our audience that high level overview. So Mark, let me ask you this then as kind of my final question to you, if you will, uh, if anybody's out there in our audience and they're interested in this conversation, maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team to continue the conversation or just inquire about wealth planning as a whole, how would they go about getting in touch with you and your team? Sure. Thanks, Ryan. So uh, people can reach us at www.echelonoffice. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N office.com. Uh, they can contact me directly at mwade, that's M-W-A-D-E at echelonoffice.com. Or they can call right into our office at 888-892-9882. Fantastic. Well, Mark, hey, thank you again so much for carving some time out of your day. We appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to the next one already. Hey, Ryan, thanks so much. I appreciate it also, and I look forward to our next segment. Alrighty, and look, we want to take one final moment to thank you, of course, our audience, for jumping aboard with us today. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, please take a moment to like the show, comment, subscribe to it on whichever platform you're checking us out on, and then, of course, share this information with friends and family, because at the end of the day, these conversations, they're meant for you. They're meant to help optimize your financial world, and boy, do we have some you know, future great conversations we're going to be tackling with Mark down the road. So for Mark Wade, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're saying so long, and we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Optimizing Your Financial World.